G'day ladies and gents, Matty Michael here for another episode of Life of Mine, the Go-To Mining Podcast. Now in this episode I interview a geologist, oh I can't believe I'm interviewing a geologist. Now this geologist is championing the women in the resources sector, Molly Stanistreet. Now you may have seen Molly floating around Facebook recently after the Courier Mail wrote an article about her in the lead up to the Women in Mining and Resources Council Awards for Women, Mark they call it. Now, typical newspaper, they just honed in on this apparent boys' culture in mining, which uh, Molly can't even really remember saying, so I thought I'd get Molly on to talk about her career in the mining industry, what it's done for her, and why she is in the running to take out this year's Mark Resources Award for Women. Now, Molly's career has been far from spoon-fed, you'd say, so as a graduate geologist, she packed up from the comforts of family and friends in Queensland and headed solo to where else but Kalgoorlie to begin her career in the mining industry. Great story, and after working with her previously, I can vouch that she brings an amazing family vibe to whatever mine site she works on. She's a very valuable asset, not just as a geologist, but a great person that lifts the morale of everyone around her. So best of luck with the Wymark Award, Molly. Me and Dharma are your number one voters. Let's hear about the mining life of Molly Stanistreet. Here we go. Check in the portal. Copy, shift box. I got a radio check. Yeah, radio's working fine. Yeah, copy all personnel. Yeah, copy, mate. The chair in the Vimberg. Yeah, stitch her up there. Thanks, mate. Yeah, right, copy that. Okay, Molly Stanistreet, the front guru of the Courier Mail these days. <laughs> Welcome to Life of Mine, <laughs> legend. How are you? <laughs> Thanks for having me, Maddie. I'm great. I'm great. How are you? I'm very well. Now, before we get into this, Molly, is there any nicknames that you think should be brought to the forefront that other people might know you as? Or just, I'm sure most people call you Molly. Is there any we should be aware of before we get into it? No, I think honestly, in my my whole career, it's it's you who's had the only outstanding <laughs> nickname for me. So, I don't think anyone else in my life has ever called me Mozza, but, um, <laughs> but you, so it feel just, free to just call me Mozza the whole time, but it's, no, it's I would, just I you just, and me here. <laughs> I just wanted to get it out of my system so I don't keep referring to it <laughs> during the interview. But look, thanks very much for coming on. You are, you just, you've become a bit of a, a bit of a Facebook sensation this week. And look, I wanted to talk uh, about that and about what was probably not disclosed on Facebook and how it come across. Uh, look, first, yeah. before we get into it, Tell us a bit about yourself, your history in mining, and then we're going to get into this uh, little wee award that you're in the running for that you'll hopefully win after this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I guess um, started in the industry immediately after graduating university. So I have a Bachelor of Science with a major in geological science. Uh, so I'm a geologist, obviously. Um Entered into the industry going through to uh, Cloncurry, uh, sorry, Cloncurry, Kalgoorlie. Um, started out there, uh, pretty much learnt uh, everything there was to know about mining and what not to do um, out there. So it was pretty eye-opening experience moving from from Brisbane uh, over over west, living by myself, um, doing shift work. Never done shift work before. Um, so kind of got sick of a two-in-one roster and realised. Uh, 
you know, there's a lot of even time rosters out there. That's the way the industry is moving. And I wanted to give FIFO a role, a, a go. So I'd, I'd been residential, but wanted to, <laughs> wanted to have someone cook my meals for me. And, uh, yeah, just uh, live the perks of actually being able to be in bed by eight o'clock instead of starting cooking at eight o'clock. So, um, yeah, moved into FIFO and then uh, COVID uh, hit and um, ended up moving back to Queensland. So now working FIFO Queensland, uh, which is yeah much more lifestyle appropriate. Um, I'm Queensland based. So previously I was flying back and forth from Queensland to Perth um, to do FIFO there. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much a very quick overview um kind of been jumping hop skipping and jumping around the country um working in mining and, and working as a as an underground geologist um and yeah now now <laughs> found myself the uh yeah receiver of uh a nomination for the queensland um resources council uh, uh award so yeah it's it's pretty exciting it is exciting now back to did yeah. you come from a mining family originally are you the first mining person in your family? I am, yeah. So I think, um, bless him, my dad, uh, I think he was a little concerned for me a little partway through there. Um, didn't really have much direction in, in high school, didn't really know what I wanted to do, just like most high school kids, I guess. Um, and I've got a mum in, in a medical field background, so she, she worked in um, pathology and, and actually dad's medical as well. So dad's a paramedic, um, has been for... 20 plus years so uh yeah no no mining relations no exposure to mining whatsoever just uh actually had a, a teacher in primary school and it was a joke but it was you know it, i'm talking like early primary school uh we used to have like, re like reading time where you'd get handed a book and you sit down and read and she handed me a like a big it was called big trucks and it was a book about you know you you and your sandvix and all that kind of stuff and and it was just a picture book of just these enormous machines that worked on mine sites and it actually became like a running joke and she actually gave it to me when I finished year seven as a as a present because it was just such an abstract thing to to give a young girl uh and I kind of count that as a bit of a catalyst for me because it, it sparked that little thought in the back of my head of like like these machines are enormous how do they even exist what do they do uh you know where can I see something like that uh and then yeah mum mum I was sitting down with her one night and then bless her, she was probably a little concerned that I didn't have much direction as well. Uh, and she had said, what about geology? Like, what did you enjoy at school? And I, I said, oh, you know, quite liked learning about volcanoes and learning about plate tectonics and things like that. And, and that prompted her to say, well, what, what about geology? And I thought, oh, firstly, I have no idea what a geologist does, what they, you know, where I would go with a career like that. Started looking into it and I thought, oh, yeah this looks like it's right up my alley, I'll give this a crack and went to university and just absolutely loved it. Fell in love with the science, fell in love with, uh, yeah, just every aspect of, of understanding about the earth, the, the creation of it, the, you know, the, the constant evolution of it really. Uh, and then the rocks just, yeah, I think like most kids, you know, I think some kids go through that phase of just having like a, an obsession with rocks. Like if you, I don't know if you've, you've got young ones, but they're, bloody like as soon as you put a, a rock in front of a kid it just seems to be such a fascinating thing to them and I think I sort of took that childhood joy of of having a rock collection and having minerals and stuff like that and then just realized that this is actually a career I could turn this into a job um and, and plenty of people have done it before me so yeah that was that was really exciting and then I went on a field trip underground in Mount Isa um, as part of university 
And I remember vividly being in, in the shaft going down and the, that, you know, that change when you go from being in the car, you're driving around underground and you hop out and it's that smell of like dust in the air and sweat and hard work and body I smell that. Yeah, <laughs> body odor. <laughs> and I was like, this is awesome this is sick and you know we went and visited a couple of rigs and saw a couple of like saw a bogger sat in a bogger and and I was like this is absolutely what I want to do so from then it was like there was no question in my mind underground was where I was going to be and pretty much since graduating I got the call day of graduation to move over to Kalgoorlie to start working underground and I was like this is everything I've worked for it's everything I want so yeah, there was really no turning back after that. You're sure? You're sure as hell sound like a geologist talking about passion about the earth moving and how it was <laughs> formed? Like, yeah, tip- absolute typical rock licker. Um, what, now, from the perspective of both yourself and your parents, uh, mostly from your parents, what did they think when their attractive blonde daughter says, I'm going to move to Kalgoorlie by myself? The, 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 oh, the ultimate what? masculine centre of Australian mining. <laughs> what did they say to that when you put that to them? You know what? I don't even think my mum questioned it. I think she was just like, great, let's do it. My mum's an absolute champion though. Like you ask anyone, she's just an absolute she's, – she's more of a legend than most people I've met. Um, she actually volunteered so I couldn't – when we moved my stuff over, I've got a little Toyota Corolla, a little 98, <laughs> beautiful, still running, 350,000 plus Ks, I'm pretty sure. And just, Is that where you took across the Nullarbor? Took it across the Nullarbor. Sensational. Yeah. But uh, I didn't even do it. My mum did. There was no room in the car for me. So I got the luxury <laughs> treatment of driving, of flying over and, and she yeah hopped in the car and drove it across because she wanted to. She wanted to do the Nullarbor. So she was like, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm happy to do it. So, yeah, there was absolutely no, as far as I know, I mean, maybe behind closed doors they were having like back and forth of like what are we letting her do? But I think they were fully on board. My dad couldn't have been prouder. I think he was, like I said, he was probably concerned that I had no real direction and he was trying to, you know, suggest things. Maybe you want to be a flight attendant. Maybe you want to be a teacher. Um, and as soon as I turned around and said, actually, no, I want to be an underground geologist, it was well, right, well, you've got a career, so that's good. Let's start, tick, whatever you want to do. So, yeah, no no real concerns, I guess, um, that I know of anyway. But, yeah, Kalgoorlie was, was definitely different. Um, but, you know, I found, I found my people in my miners. Like I had the best, one of the best crews. I can't say the best crew because I'll cop some black, but one oh, of the best crews. Everyone's crew is the best. Don't worry about that. Yeah. yeah, yeah no, every other crew is shit. So, yeah, don't stress yeah, about that. Yeah, pretty much. Very common. <laughs> No, but I found some of the best people I've, I've ever met. I'm still, still in regular touch with them. So, um, yeah, I was, I was really fortunate to have a little community of people there that um, really took me under their wing um, and, yeah, made me feel like I wasn't sort of just this young, impressionable girl in, in the mines. They made me feel like I was their sister, like their, you know, their daughter. I, I was taken under the wing pretty early on. So, yeah, I was really lucky. I know that a lot of people's stories aren't the same. A lot of people go through a little bit more... Um, you know, hardship. And I mean, there were hardships, certainly. Uh, but I am very, very fortunate to have had such a supportive crew there. So that was a huge, that was a huge relief, I think, for my parents in that half is that, you know, I never really called up and said, you know, this has happened or this has happened. It was always like, oh, I'm going to go hang out with them. And yeah, we did this today. And they gave me a hand with that. And yeah, so it was, I think they would probably put it at, 
ease. I think the biggest thing for them, the biggest concern was less of the moving across the country and, and working in mining, but more so the underground because they didn't understand, you know, the, the safety focus of, of working underground. I think that's naturally put someone in a hazardous environment that you love, you're going to have concerns. I mean, yeah, I obviously have my partners works in the mines and, and that every day. I know what happens underground. I know the safety that we go through and the rigmarole of that stuff and, and how much of a focus you know, the daily mining cycle is in terms of safety, but still worry, you know, you always do, you've always got that worry at the back of your mind. So, yeah, that was probably their biggest concern. Yep. And when, because you can, I guess we want to use this episode as a bit of a, whether it's a, a advice or a guide or anything for all women coming into the industry and, and you're you're the mm. extreme end because you're literally packed up, going to the other <laughs> side of the country into Kalgoorlie to have a crack at this and, as you can mm. see by now where you're at, you've uh, 100% succeeded with it. And when, when you <laughs> said, like, look, there was hardships, I don't want you to you go into it whether you want to or not, but um, what's the big basis of how to get through them? Is it the way you conduct yourself? Like, how did, how did you go through it all? And what were some of the big things that helped you get to where you are today? I think one of the biggest sort of – um, it probably wasn't so much back then. I probably have started to realise now that the biggest uh, catalyst for uh, getting over or, you know, uh, pushing through those kind of hardships is it's it's opening up and it's talking to people. Um, I'm, I'm obviously not alone in the fact that I've, you know, lost people uh, within the industry to, to mental health um, and things like that. So I think the, the biggest thing that helped me through any hardship that I had while I was there was just talking to people, having someone to lean on and knowing that I did have a bit of a support system. So, um, you know, like in any job, it's it's not specific to the mining industry or, or the resource industry in itself. You know, you could start a new job working in the middle of the city and you could find yourself, you know, a little bit on the outs because, you know, some people have already got their, you know, mate, I don't know, I've never worked in the city, but little lunch crew that might go and get coffees together or something and you know you've got to try and assimilate you've got to try join into that um but as soon as you find your people life becomes easier it's never easy to begin with you know career starting a career anywhere is never easy um, but as soon as you you know make the time to get to know people let your walls down like that was what i found helped me i think understanding that people there are you, you'll always find your people and I think that was probably the biggest thing. But, I mean, the hardships I talk about, like I went from, you know, university pulling all-nighters to study for exams to suddenly I'm, you know, cooking meals after doing a 14-hour day of sludge sampling next to a jumbo for my entire shift. So, yeah, it was, it was, a, it was like stark differences between what I was used to. So, um, yeah, there was a lot of challenges that came with that, just overcoming and going, wow, is this really what I want to do? Like, is this, is this it? But not for a fraction yeah, fraction of time I was, I wasn't ever sort of questioning my decision to move or questioning any of that. It was just like, wow, this is, this is it. Like, this is what I've chosen, and and you take the good with the bad when you when you make a decision like that. So, and and yeah. do you see the biggest thing? Because I and oh look, I did the exact same thing as you. Like the fact that you've moved over and literally on your own without any family <laughs> is that the biggest the biggest driver for things like this that can cause a bit of negative head head noise oh absolutely i think i mean every situation is different i mean you know it doesn't have to be that you're isolated maybe there's people who you know prefer to be in that sort of isolated lifestyle 
Um, I know for me, I'm, I'm quite a, I mean, it's no, no surprise to anyone who knows me, I'm a bit of a chatter. So I'll, I'll strike up a conversation with a bloody brick wall given half the chance. So uh, for me, it was just starting fresh, knowing no one. I knew, I turned up day one, met an entirely new workforce, an entirely new, you know, crowd of people. And I couldn't just be like, oh, you know, call up one of my girlfriends and go for coffee or, you know, call up one of my friends because they're all working nine till fives and, you know, my day's off, they're at work. So, yeah, I think that was probably, yeah, similar to your experience where you just don't have anyone, not even family and friends, but just no one, (laughs) not even like someone that you, you know, maybe not too keen on, but you think, oh, well, you know, at least I know I can chat with them, like no one, but that wasn't forever you know, like any situation, it doesn't last forever. So, yeah, I think that's probably, yeah, probably one of the main contributors to people who do work in the resource industry and do work in isolated places is that you've got to get over that sort of initial, I don't have anyone because there there is someone. And I think that's probably, like I said before, the biggest catalyst for me has been talking to people and knowing that I was in that situation where I had no one to lean on and, like, you know, it's obviously there's a lot of people going through a lot worse situations when they, you know, start in the industry. But for me, it's just making sure that I can be that person now that other people can come to and go, that's a friendly face. She said hello to me when I was walking to the laundry. Maybe I can ask her, you know, how do I get to the gym? Things like that, you know, just just that simple conversation starter that just makes someone else's life easier and makes it that someone else doesn't have to go through the isolation that I went through, you know, I think we can all see that. Like I think, you know, when you get new starters starting on a crew, like the first thing people say is that, you know, go and speak to people who've been here for a while because they know that they've been through it. You know, we've all been green somewhere. We've all been the new guy. So I think that's, yeah, the biggest thing for me is making sure that other people don't go through that same sort of hardship. Yeah. Now this newspaper article that was written about you, the Cur- mm. the Courier Mail, and you said that, um, <laughs> look, it got – just give us the whole context behind it. As you said, what what was put on Facebook, there was comments and everything compared to what the actual full article was, was a bit was a bit different. Just give us the whole backstory of it and, and yeah, how so, it come about. So um, I got contacted by the QRC, um, just the most – like they are just doing so many important things to promote diversity and inclusion in the mining industry. They've – they're just they're working in leaps and bounds to to create such a better environment um, across the whole industry and the whole, across the whole resource sector. Um, so they contacted me um, with regards to the awards um, and just said, "Hey, Courier Mail have taken on the article. Um, keen to have a chat with them." And I was like, "Yeah, of course." So Absolutely. had you already been do. nominated for the award? Yeah, so uh, I, I was yeah. already a finalist. Um, I'd known for a few weeks before they had sort of made it public knowledge. So this was like the first um, making it public knowledge, basically announcing the awards and and basically using um, my story that uh, one of the wonderful writers there had written, and it was a beautiful story, a beautiful article, I should say. Um, basically, like, hey, this is the template of what we're going to be putting forward, which is now actually available to read online as well, which is yeah, really, really great. Um, but, yeah, so the awards had been – they were using this sort of Courier Mail article to announce announce the awards and, and that I was a finalist and a little bit of background about me and, and why I'm a finalist, basically. Yeah, and then did you, did you have um, – was there any sort of negative, weird, different comments on Facebook when it got sort of put up, this article? 
Yeah, so we had um, – it was a bit weird because the article itself, it's kind of like factually incorrect in the first place. So um, I think a lot of people, a lot of the negative feedback was that it was like they refers to they refer to me as a, a former schoolgirl and uh, I think a lot of the feedback on the comments was like, oh, well, I am also a former schoolgirl. Like, why are you referring to her as a former schoolgirl? We we all went to school. We're all former schoolboys, former schoolgirls. So I think a lot of a lot of the negative feedback is actually critiquing the, the how it was written, um, which I'm not necessarily a fan of. I think you know someone's put their work out there. We don't really need to, like. Do you need to knock it down? No, nah, you don't. We don't need to do it. But that's the world we live in, unfortunately. Um, but the the article itself states that I worked uh, near Port Hedland. Now, you and I have worked on the same site. We know that the site that I'm talking about is nowhere near Port Hedland. So mm. it's almost as if there was no sort of um, – they hadn't even read the sort of pre-work, I guess, or really paid attention to what I'd actually said in the interview, uh, which was disappointing because they asked a similar question um, that you just did about the hardships of, of starting out your career. And I outlined that, you know, shift work, 12-hour shifts, cooking for yourself, um, you know, two-in-one roster, assimilating into a crew of people who have, you know, lived and worked together at a residential mine for the past 15-plus years, um, that's difficult. And from that, somehow, like, a comment about a boys' gang came out of it, which, I mean, I couldn't agree less um, with the fact that that's a thing because, I mean, I've never felt as though there's been that that I've had to break into. I know there are, you know, it does exist in the industry and I'm not I'm not dismissing that at all. But, yeah, just the fact that it was kind of put out there is that's, that's my words, that's what I've said. And I was like, oh, that's that's not at all how I feel. But, you know, I've definitely faced the similar hardships that most females face. You know, it is what it is and we, and we are slowly becoming better. But they took that and absolutely ran with it. And that was what majority of the negative feedback was, that they, people were sort of querying what this, this boys club is and, oh, you know, what do you expect when you enter into a predominantly male industry? Of course, there's boys clubs. And and then, you know, obviously you get the the people who just, you know, see a blonde girl with a high-vis uniform on and, and do everything they can just to shoot it down straight away. So that was pre- like predominantly the, the sort of weird and negative feedback. It was just, yeah, just people, you're not the first female to enter into the mining industry like, yeah, no, if you actually take the time to read the article, it's exactly what we're saying. We're saying that there are more women entering into the mining industry. This is a great opportunity to join us. In fact, we have a whole award ceremony pulling out and, and, and explaining how many women are doing incredible things in the industry and, and calling them out and saying, hey, we support you, we endorse you, we're proud of you. But it just wasn't taken that way. And the Korean Mail knew exactly what they were doing. It was for engagement. It's just, just for the likes and the comments and... I'm sure they're happy that that's, that's how it went. But, yeah, it, it, it would have been a really great opportunity to have uh, the awards championed a little bit more and, and had it been a really positive thing. Because if you read the article, it's actually really great. It, it does talk about the awards and it does talk about uh, that, you know, percentages are increasing. We're now seeing, you know, we're, we're shooting for 30%, um, I think it's 30% by 2026 of, of um, inclusion across the industry. So... Yeah, there was all that in there, but it was just like, oh, boys club. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Clickbait, great. <laughs> so they, because do you find if you, I'm not sure that, I'm not sure how much you've dealt with the media. Well, you can consider this dealing with the media, uh, Molly, but <laughs> do you find people are going to, 
they're trying to get that story out of you, no matter what your oh. backstory is. That is the story that they want you to give, and that's the story that they want to continue. This whole male grubs, males in the mining industry are, and women are victims of this. Whereas, and look, I, I can, I, as I said, we've worked together, and I, I'm a testament to who you are. I know what you're all about. You're just like just genuinely good person, and. <laughs> But it's like they just want—they want you to paint that picture for them and validate that this this whole thesis that they're trying to get across the media. Absolutely, I think it's it's actually such a it's such a disappointing thing that the media do because it just paints it doesn't paint you know me like it doesn't paint me in a bad light it doesn't paint other women in a bad light it paints an entire industry in a bad light and it's not I mean you ask. A lot of women who work in this industry, this is the best time to be in this industry. It's such a great time to be a part of these conversations where we're saying, actually, don't listen to the, you know, the negativity that's in the media. I mean, how many times during COVID did we all just go, you know what, turn the TV off. I'm sick of hearing about the negativity because they thrive on it. You know, the media thrive on controversy and, and clicks. They just want engagement. So it's so easy to put an article out there and be like, oh, you know, such and such and this has happened and the mining industry is bad it's so easy to do that and it's so easy to just take someone's words and twist them to to fit that narrative and i think that's that's absolutely what's what's happening still and it and it is disappointing but i think it's it's important to remember that you know while we all work in the industry we have the voice to be able to tell a different story and i think that's that's such a big thing behind what um why mark are doing um and, and like the, the mining and, and resources Queensland um, and and QRC as well. So the Queensland Resource Council is what we're doing. We're you know we're promoting these awards to show that actually the industry isn't what this you know this dark horrible place that the media paints like you know paints it to be. It's it's actually really inclusive and it's actually becoming a really really great opportunity for so many women to enter into these industries because. We're looking for it. We want it. We want this female participation. And yeah, I think it's it is disappointing that they already have a preconceived idea because that's what media has already told them, and that's what you know the, the, that's what you know audiences are expecting to see. So they just kind of fit the narrative, really. They'll, they'll twist it what they want and, and make sure that that's how it fits. Because you know, God forbid, you say the mining industry is actually great. You know, like yeah, there's some there's some bad parts of it absolutely it was bad parts of every industry you know i've heard horrible things about the real estate industry but you don't see that plastered all over the internet it's, it's very easy to say oh yeah that's right you know the mining industry is bad let's let's post about that but it's not the case at all it's actually becoming such an incredible opportunity for women and for men as well you know how many young people are starting to go actually hey engineering hey surveying like these are things that I could get into and I have a career for life, you know. So, yeah, it's, it's disappointing, but it's, it's only through having these conversations and through promoting, you know, the awards and, and things like that that we can start to change that conversation and start to, you know, once you see that, you know, uh, statistics are starting to rise, once you get that female participation, suddenly you take away that ammunition. You take away that, oh, there's no, there's no females in the industry because slowly we are getting there and, once that happens, then, you know, what can the media do? Because suddenly we've got all this female participation in the industry. It's like, well, 
it can't be that bad. It can't be this horrible place you're painting because look at how much participation we've got. Look at our statistics. The statistics speak volumes. That's the biggest thing. You know, that facts are facts. So, yeah, I guess if that's kind of it. They need to get the focus onto the real estate industry, I think. For the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's safe to subscribe. And look, I, I, can, I 100% agree and I, I never want to come across like I'm um, – Oh, I'm very realistic of what's out there, and I've seen it. What's out there? Mm. Um, so, and I know there's good with the bad, but I, as I said, I've also seen how much good stuff is out there. That yeah. what's happening, and it's not. It's not just for just what's happening, just for women. Like it's it's what's happening for the mental health side in the workplace. Like there's so much good stuff happening. Like client clients and contractors and everyone just bend over backwards these days to make working away as good as it can be for everyone because it's not easy as you nah. know well and good especially going through extended swings of covid um yeah it's not so look i suppose this is the opportunity for you to write your own article i will ask what has if you can sum it up what's the mining industry done for you as a, as an individual Ooh. i think oh look it's probably a bit of a long-winded question but uh or answer i should say is that the mining industry has not only given me an opportunity to pursue my passion in, in underground geology, but it's given me exposure to people from all walks of life. So, you know, I have some of my best friends, some of my mates who, you know, I'll travel back to WA and they'll be the first people that I'm going to, that I'm going to contact. I think the camaraderie that comes with FIFO, the camaraderie that comes with, with being on site in a mine site um, is just it's second to none. I mean, I've been really fortunate to meet some people who have absolutely changed my life. Um, and I think more than anything, it's given me, you know, I'm, re I'm one of those really lucky people who turns up to work and goes, I love my job, you know, and there's not a lot of people out there that can say that. I mean, I work, I work an 8-6 roster, so I'm working more time than I'm at home. That's okay because I've been, work a job that I love and be surrounded by people that I love and I think that's probably the biggest thing that anyone could get given is is an opportunity to do what they love and that's exactly what I've been given um, and you touched on the mental health side of things um, and that's a huge that's a really big thing for me I think like like I've said before most most people have have known someone who's been impacted negatively by mental health and it's a big um, it's a it's a big thing for me. I've, I've also had the same thing. I, my first sight, um, unfortunately, as a as a graduate, um, you know, one of my best mates there, um, you know, sadly succumbed to to his own mental health, and th from that moment on, it really truly changed. You know, you may be a maybe a Sparky, you may be a jumbo operator, you know, you may be a nipper, but doesn't matter what your job title is because you're working and living with the people that you work with, you have the opportunity to be the person that stops that person from struggling from their own mental health. And I think that's probably the, the direction that that gave me. And it was just incredibly sad circumstances, but that really changed my whole perspective on my job. I'm here to, you know, track all bodies and I'm here to log core and I'm here to, to give, you know, jump off writers directions and stuff like that. Cause I love getting those, but <laughs> especially the turning <laughs> ones. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> half meter to the left. Oopsies, I meant straight. The wall. Yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think, yeah, other than you know, obviously loving my job, 
it's being able to be someone who is working on a mind site, who can just be someone that everyone can lean on. And I think that, you know, had I been able to know that early on, you know, maybe I could have changed the circumstances for, you know, for my mate. And I think we always think that, you know, you always think, what if, what if I, what if I'd asked him how he was that day, you know, things like that. And I wake up every morning and the first thing I say before I step out the door, I'm like, make everyone feel like a someone. And that is just, that's, I've always lived by that mantra since that day, because I thought if there was something I could have done, maybe I could have done it. And you just never know in this industry when that's going to happen. And I think if you can enjoy your job and change someone's, you know, potentially, it probably sounds a bit extra, but, you know, change someone's life in the process, 100%. And I'm so grateful for the for the resource industry to have given me the opportunity to to make people feel like someone and to give me a job that I just adore. And I wake up every morning excited to go to work or maybe not. Maybe not at 5am, but yeah, yeah. Don't still excited much. to go to work, a, a couple of coffees in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, and look, that actually, thanks very much for sharing that because it, it actually, because as I said, I've worked with you before and I've seen how, how you operate and it's it actually makes a lot of sense now why you operate that way because I didn't know that um, that bit of your past and that unfortunate event, but it and it makes sense the, that you're not, you essentially go to work and don't want to regret anything ever um Absolutely. and you do really promote that family vibe um even when you're working in a really hot bad mine <laughs> <laughs> you come up you're like oh molly makes me feel a bit better with a buzzy enthusiasm even though i'm cramping and sweating and spewing <laughs> there was so, there was always that light at the end of the tunnel you could make a shit day feel better <laughs> so, oh i'm glad that's see that's that's exactly what I set out to do, so I'm glad. Even you though said we're that. probably hot and sweaty because we've been cutting off mesh because you made us strip a wall out and yeah, go probably. hard left <laughs> or some crap. But um, any, anyway, look, let's get on to the award. <laughs> Tell us about the award you're in the finalist for. Um, and as you said, be good to good, a good platform to champion just this award and all the other good awards out there. What is it? And what are you? What's your price on sports bet for a victory? <laughs> Well, so I've been nominated as um, a finalist for the um, Exceptional Young Woman in Resources in Queensland. Um, the awards are the, um, the QRC Resource Council Awards for women within resources. So um, it's on March 8th, uh, which is coincides with International Women's Day. Um, it's just a really great event. Um, I've had been fortunate enough to be a part of the event through remote link so um a, an event hosted in um in mount isa we attend and and are able to to watch the award ceremony that's hosted in brisbane um via live link which is really really great um and it just basically i think there's eight categories um where we champion women that are doing exceptional things in the industry and it's not just so for myself um i've just scraped into the young women which are <laughs> i turn 25 for the fifth time this year, if you can do the maths. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I've just scraped in. So I am exceptional young woman, uh, young woman. You better uh, win and it before you go the, grey then. Yeah. <laughs> well, then as soon as I pass the, the threshold of 30, unfortunately, I uh, move into potentially, if I get nominated again, into the exceptional woman in resources. So um category uh but there's you know there's operators there's um 
technological innovation awards. You know, it, it spans across, uh, you know, a number of um, different sort of facets of, of the resource industry. So it's just a really great time to, you know, just celebrate women. I think it's just a lot of people kind of look at the industry and go, oh, well, you know, like there's, you know, you've got your FIFO and you've got your residential and you've got this and you've got that. But no one really hones in on the fact that, you know, we're given all these opportunities to really make people shine. And, I mean, I was nominated by my supervisor, so it's not something that um, anyone can't do, you know. If you if you know a woman in mining who you're like, you know what, this this girl's amazing. She's She's breaking through barriers. She's picking up the slack where other people aren't. You can nominate them, you know, for the awards and and put a put a nomination together, and and you know you could find yourself championing a woman in the industry that you didn't even know that that was an option. You know, I think that's the biggest thing about these awards is that anyone can be nominated. You just got to do the nomination. So if you know someone amazing in the industry, nominate them for next year's awards because chances are they could win. You know, they they probably are doing incredible things above and beyond what. They should be doing or what you know what their job and title requires of them so yeah it's just a really great initiative i think the, the qrc are really just like i said before just absolutely kicking goals in in promoting the inclusion and, and diversity within the industry so yeah that'll be the awards and fingers crossed i wouldn't <laughs> actually there's some pretty dodgy things going on on uh sports bet so there's every chance yeah. it probably is on there <laughs> <laughs> are you, can you actually vote on it or is it a panel that votes on it it's a panel that votes on it. Otherwise, um, yeah, you'd probably have uh, a fair few spam messages from me mm. sitting in there throwing out there. But no, it's it's who, definitely not voted by the public, unfortunately. Do you know who's on the panel? Because I will tag them in my LinkedIn post <laughs> to this episode just to maybe highlight. I don't know that I'm release. at liberty to disclose who's on the panel just in case they then turn around and go, hey, could you not do that? Because now I'm getting spammed by all of Maddie's followers. Who's this Matt Michael guy that won't leave us alone? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, mate, that, um, thanks so much for going in. Look, your, your history, the ups and not not as many downs, but really talking about the ups in your career. And look, and that's why you've ended up in this Fantastic place, and I wish you all the best uh, for this for the, this award. And look, whether you whether you don't get it or not, you've won you've won <laughs> in my eyes, and I'm so bloody proud of you. So, and oh, pass my, pass my love on to uh, your lovely partner Todd. Tell him I miss him, and go manly. I will <laughs> just say it, <laughs> say it word for word like that. And look, thanks so much for will. thanks so much for making the time. And make sure I'm one of those me and Dharma are those first people you ring when you get over to Perth. Absolutely, I I've already got Dharma straight at the top of the list. So um, yeah, we'll definitely hit you guys up if we uh well, when we actually when we head over. Um, yeah, we'll all get together and I'm sure we'll have plenty of stories to tell. Yep. Right, March eight. Hopefully everyone. drinks. Hopefully drinks for celebrations. So. Yes. Yes. Most definitely. Righto, Moz, I'll get one in there. Um, (laughs) (laughs) All the best, mate, and we'll talk soon. You're a legend. Thanks, Maddie. Take care. Thanks for the opportunity to talk about, uh, yeah, this this whole crazy thing that's going on in my life at the moment. I really appreciate it. And, um, yeah, anything we can do to to get the word out there that, you know, go go and tell the girls that you're working with how great they are. Go tell them that they're doing an awesome job and next year nominate them for the awards because, yeah, it's just awesome to recognize people, I think, there's not enough people in this industry getting recognition for the amazing things they're doing so now's our chance so yeah thanks for the time and take care and yeah all the best good stuff moz legend mate cheers
Cheers, Maddie.